What's going on? What's going on to my Callaway Sports fan base, my Callaway Sports family? This is your host, Kenny Callaway, coming back to y'all with another episode. And we got a good one. A great night of boxing was last night. A star was born. We're going to cover that. Teofimo Lopez defeated Vasily Lomachenko last night to hold four of the belts at lightweight. Also, we'll um, cover Fury and Wilder. Will there be a trilogy or will there not be a trilogy? Also, the NBA, the draft is approaching. Free agency is approaching. The season is over. And who will be a threat to the Lakers' title run come next season? Also on the list, my NFL picks of the week. Stay tuned. All right, man. All right, let's get right into it, man. With the night of boxing last night, the headline, the main event on ESPN was Vasily Lomachenko taking on the young, up-and-coming Teofimo Lopez. In that fight, we will see Teofimo Lopez defeat Vasily Lomachenko on the scorecards. I'm not going to read the scorecards because at least on two of those cards, I really don't agree with them. Uh, just go highlight that Julie Lebin had it 119 to 109. She gave Teofimo Lopez rounds 8, 9, and 10, which I feel like were clearly won by uh, Loma. Uh, but, you know, my scorecards for the fight, you know, it could go either way. You know, I I had it, you know, 7-5 for Teofimo, or you can go 8-4 for Lopez, but I think it's clear, in my opinion, that he won the fight. Uh, Lopez showed some great boxing skills last night that, you know, I feel like he's one of those guys just like Tank, you know, who is knocking a lot of guys out, and a lot of people just see those. Him and, you know, Javante as power punchers, and but when it really comes down to it, they have great skills and how they set up those power punches, and I think he showed that he could box. Um, I talked to a few people before the fight, and they can tell you that, you know, I, I was leaning towards Lomachenko to win this fight, but I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't, I basically told them I'm leaning towards Loma slightly, but it wouldn't surprise me if Teofimo got the win. And you know he did, so you know I'm not I'm not surprised by that at all because I mean the kid has skills, man. I think he's a great young talent, and I feel like you know last night was really his coming out party to to really just I mean a lot of people have Lomachenko as their number one pound for pound. I personally didn't. I, I didn't see Loma as my number one pound for pound fighter in the world. I've always seen it as Canelo Alvarez. If it's not Canelo, I've always seen it as Terrence Bud Crawford. But um, he showed boxing skills in those first seven rounds, uh, being able to take away Loma's angles that he likes to use. Um, of course, he had the big equalizer, which is the right hand. Um, but he did a good job of stepping with Loma uh, when he would try to step on that, you know, step to his right, create that angle, throw that left, you know, that left body shot or that right hook over top. Uh, he did a very, very good job of, you know, controlling the range. He did a good job of pushing Loma back and, and, and going to the body. I mean, it was just a, 
honestly, it was a masterpiece within those first seven to eight rounds, you know. A lot of people can give uh, to a female those rounds. Loma had a slow start. We know Loma's a slow starter, but last night was just something different, you know. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Loma just didn't show up, and, you know, I feel like that just takes away from... Um, I think that takes away from Teofimo's actual performance. You know, he, he he extended that slow start, you know. he His skills, his boxing ability, you know, it kept Loma from really getting going from my standpoint. And I don't think it was, it was Loma not showing up. It was Loma, you know, getting out to a slow start like he usually does. And he had a very talented and skillful fighter in front of him to where you know it was slower for him to get going you know it 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 edged out a little bit more than what he was really expecting once he got in a groove you know he was in a groove but it was more of you know it was just too little too late it was it was too little too late and you know Loma paid for it he looked uh he looked very good on the offensive and you know rounds 8 9 10 and 11 but it just wasn't enough you know um, I seen it as Loma had to eventually just, you know, sell out and start just doing whatever he can to get in range, close that distance with Teofimo. And, you know, he did, but all in all, it was too little too late. So with that being said, man, uh, I do feel like it's some unanswered questions still at that lightweight division. There's still some fights to be made. So uh, what's what's next for, for both guys as far as potential Opponents. I have a list here that you know I want to go through, uh, and I'm gonna explain why these potential opponents and potential fights make sense. And first up is Devin Haney. Devin Haney for Teofimo Lopez for you know obviously uh, obvious reasons. Devin is a champion at 135. He's a young, talented fighter. We've, you know, we've seen these guys go back and forth over social media. Teofimo Lopez, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney. So, you know, that's a fight that makes sense in my opinion. Uh, stylistically, it makes sense. Devin being the great boxer puncher that he is, being very skillful, being trained by, you know, Floyd Mayweather Sr. And then Teofimo Lopez just being Teofimo Lopez, the boxer puncher who showed that he can box. Uh, I think it's a great young matchup you know you see young stars clash you see the best fighting the best in that 135 pound division so it makes sense for Devin Haney uh possibly to get the next shot at Teofimo Lopez for those belts next uh is Javier Fortuna for Vasily Lomachenko he's a top 10 guy and everybody that I'm listing here are top 10 guys um of course Loma will probably be number two in the rankings still but to see him fight somebody like Javier Fortuna, I think it makes sense. You know, it's still a credible guy to get a win over to possibly put him back in position to get a rematch with uh, Teofimo. And Javier Fortuna is a guy, you know, he has skills as well. Um, it's not the, you know, a, a real high caliber dangerous fight for Lomachenko, but it's a good enough name and a good enough win to keep him relevant. But uh, next, I also have Richard Kami. For Lomachenko, I believe Richard Comey is the number five guy uh, in that 135-pound division. Uh, his last fight was against Teofimo Lopez, actually, and Lopez knocked him out in the second. 
So if um, Loma can get through him, I think, you know, same thing with, um, you know, same thing if he fights Javier Fortuna. It keeps him relevant and it keeps him in position to, uh, you know, possibly get another title fight. It keeps him fresh. You know, you don't want to sit out and, you know, be on the sidelines too long. And that's what a lot of people are saying, you know, going into this fight. Uh, Loma was on the sidelines for a, long, for, for a while and, you know, pretty much making excuses and, and taking away from, um Teofimo's performance, and I really just don't like that. But uh, next, it could be um, the winner of Selby and Cambosos Jr. for Lomachenko. That you know, that's a fight that is uh, scheduled to happen uh, at the end of this month. So it makes sense, you know. That's a these are top ten guys. They're credible guys. And if Loma can get a win over whoever wins that fight, it makes sense. Once again, it keeps him, um, it keeps him relevant. More, you know, what I'm saying more of these potential opponents is really more scheduled for Loma. I mean, because when you're Teofimo Lopez, you're in a position where you really don't have to call the shots anymore. You don't really have to call any, you know, any guys out. They're gonna be calling you out. You know, you have a big target on your back. You know, you're the big man on campus. You're sitting at the top of the throne. As far as you know, king of the lightweights. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, for both guys, this is a potential fight for both Teofimo and Vasily Lomachenko. Is the winner of Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. Great fight that is scheduled to happen. Uh, like I said, with the backstory with Garcia, Devin Haney, and Teofimo Lopez, these guys have gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, who wants to fight who? And you know, so I can beat you, I can smoke you. It's, it's perfect sense because I feel like Garcia and Campbell, regardless of uh, who won out of Teofimo and Loma last night, they were in position to fight for, you know, a big title fight next or um, Tank and, you know, Leo Santa Cruz or something like that. And, of course, Devin Haney. I feel like those were, you know, lead, the lead guys trying to get that fight against Loma. But now that uh, Teofimo won the fight, the winner of Garcia and Campbell could be a potential opponent for both guys. The winner goes on to, you know what I'm saying, let's say if Ryan beats Luke Campbell, uh, Ryan goes on to face um, Teofimo Lopez if Devin Haney doesn't get the fight. And Luke Campbell could fight um, Loma, excuse me. Uh, Luke Campbell can fight Loma. Also, if it's the other way around, Ryan Garcia can get a shot. It, it, it's, it's basically keeping... Those top three to four guys credible, and you know what I'm saying you get in the cycle of those guys fighting each other to where you know what I'm saying these guys are a fight, you know what I'm saying a fight or two away from fighting for the titles again. Similar to how that 147 pound division was when you had Keith fighting Danny and then Danny fighting Sean and then Sean fighting Keith and you know just that kind of cycle, you know what I'm saying. Then and then they threw Earl in that mix and Earl started you know fighting these guys. That's how 135 is shaping up. And last on the list, the winner of Tank versus Leo Santa Cruz for Teofimo Lopez. I think that would be perfect. You know, the winner of that fight, a real big clash at lightweight, and you get a big name like uh, Tank Davis if he gets through uh, Leo Santa Cruz, which I expect him to. That's a big fight, man. You know, that's a very big fight, and it makes sense, man. I feel like all these fights make sense. Um, win or lose at this point, you just seeing a lot of these guys, you know, just fighting the best. And that's what, you know, people want boxing to get back to is the best fighting the best. And, you know, these fights make sense, man. These fights make sense. But uh, next, 
Fear and Wilder 3 is unlikely to happen. Uh, I know that's a bummer for some fans, and some fans are saying, you know, okay, you know, it makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure really what happened and why, you know, talks have failed and, you know, fallen out, but it's unlikely to see Fury and Wilder uh, fight a third time, especially here in 2020, especially with, you know, Fury being set to uh, fight Joshua in 2021. So, um, we don't know. You know, I I've heard there's new divisions where they splitting up, you know, cruiserweight, heavyweight, and then I think like 224 or, some, or, or, or somewhere in that range would be um, a new weight class. But, and last on the list, uh, not going to go into this too much, it's just Crawford and Brooke actually have a fight date now. Uh, I'm not sure of the venue, but November 14th, we will see Terrence Bud Crawford and Kale Brooke. And uh, next on the list will be my NBA segment, so stay tuned. All right, coming back to y'all like I promised uh, with my NBA segment. And I'm not going to spend too much time on my NBA segment. Um, and, you know, probably won't have too much NBA content probably until after the draft and once free agency start. But to get like a preview of what could be coming, um, it's pretty much what I'm going to cover today. Uh, so the season is up when the draft is approaching. And, of course, we got some highly talented guys coming out the draft. And a very interesting draft uh, as far as, you know, those top five picks, you know, what trades could be made. Uh, and I really just want to key in on, you know, once again, these young these young guys that's coming in, like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball, um, Obi Toppin, um, Tyrese Halliburton, Denny Avija, I believe I'm saying that right. Um, I'm probably butchering his name, but the guy from uh, Israel. Um, you also have Nico Mannion, Tyrese Maxey, RJ Hampton. So, you know, you have some talented guys coming out to this draft class this year. I'm uh, really I'm, I'm really eager to see, you know, where these guys will fall. Um, but with the draft approaching and you getting this new wave of talent in, a lot of people are really high on Anthony Edwards. I'm one guy who is high on Anthony Edwards as well. He's very talented. He can score on all three levels. Uh, reminds me, um, he's got like a Bradley Beal type of game to him, but with James Harden's size. Um, and I can see him as being, a, you know, being the number one pick. I feel like, you know, he almost has that spot locked down on. But those other two guys that's coming behind him are very, very talented. They can easily be the number one picks, too. Um, I've seen... Going into when those guys declare for the draft, I said whoever has a number one pick depends on, you know, is who's going to get. You know, basically what I'm saying is the team that had the number one pick really was designed to, it, it, it was set up by this player may go here, this player may go here. It wasn't like, you know, pretty much whoever had the number one pick in 2012 or, or 2013, whenever Anthony Davis came out, we knew AD was going first. Um, but this year... If a team needed a big, I felt like James uh, James Wiseman was going to go first. Teams that needed guards, it could have been, you know, Melo or Anthony Edwards. But with um, a team needing possibly more backcourt help, I can see Anthony Edwards going first. Wouldn't, it, it wouldn't surprise me if James Wiseman may fall, you know, with him not really playing um, in college. So, 
we have yet to see that, but I, I feel like LaMelo Ball is hands down a top three pick. If he doesn't go top three, I will be highly, highly, highly shocked and disappointed um, by the team's choice on not to pick Melo. I feel like he can blossom into a, a, a great star in this league. I feel like he's uh, probably the most talented out of his brothers. Um, only thing missing with Melo is just consistency. Melo finds some consistency in his shooting. I mean, it's going to be scary. And I would love to see Melo in Golden State. You know, I would love to see him in Golden State learning from Steph and Clay. I think that would be very, very beneficial for him. Uh, even to see what Golden State would do with their second pick. Are they going to trade it? Are they going to draft? You know, we have yet to see. But with the season being over with, um, immediately with the Lakers winning the title, shout out to uh, L.A. and Braun and those guys getting that, getting that ship this year. It immediately brings up questions, can they do it back-to-back? And what team would be a threat to them? Or what teams would be a threat to them? And the way I see it, I'm going to be completely honest with y'all, the first team that came to mind when, you know, those questions came up was Golden State to me. It was the Warriors, despite what they do in the draft and despite what happened this past season. I feel like Golden State is, you know, Golden State would be the biggest threat to L.A. because – it's not about the Eastern Conference team. You know, L.A. still has to get out of the West at the end of the day. They have to still get out of the West. So, with that being said, Golden State, I feel, would be one of those teams they'll see, you know, in the Conference Finals or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, hands down, Golden State is the team where I where I see them as being the biggest threat to LeBron and the Lakers uh, trying to get a back-to-back uh, title. I say it's because you get a healthy Steph Curry back, you get a healthy Klay Thompson back, Draymond Green is coming back. Uh, they have a nice wing player that goes by the name of Andrew Wiggins. Uh, and I think he fits in uh, with that team well. Depending, I'm not sure if he's going to still be there with the, you know what I'm saying, with the draft. Like the draft is really, uh, a lot of people are, you know, really trying to see me being one of those people, trying to see what happens draft night and go and save the second pick. Like, you know, do you go young talent? with Melo or James Wiseman. Because uh, if it's one thing Golden State has always missed, even, you know, with their title wins or championship wins, they didn't really have a solidified big. So do you take James Wiseman at their second pick? Or do you trade for, you know, to get another, you know, good, solid player in, uh, to insert in your starting lineup? Or do you use that pick to, you know, build your bench and uh, get some good role players? Um on that team. So that is why I see the Warriors as their biggest threat. And honestly, uh, to me, it's their only threat right now uh, at the moment. I feel like Golden State's the only threat to L.A. A lot of people are saying Brooklyn. I'm not sure. I'm not too sold on Brooklyn. I have to see uh, Katie and Kyrie play together first to consider them a threat to uh, LeBron and the Lakers. But right now, it's the Golden State Warriors, hands down. And that's just yeah, that's just what it is. It, it's, it's, it's Golden State. And um, as well as people are really waiting to see the draft, uh, following the draft, you know, we have our free agency season. We have our free agency season. We got some good names uh, that's coming out, you know what I'm saying, that will be available. Um, I know Anthony Davis opted out of his contract, and that is most likely, to, you know, most likely to get, you know, a better contract uh, with L.A. You know, I, I don't see uh, A.D. going anywhere. But he's one, you know what I'm saying, he's a top name. Of course, he's going to get offers from teams. Uh, but AD is um, AD is the 
the biggest name coming out of the draft. I mean, excuse me, not the draft, but you know, free agency this year. After AD, I'm go. Uh, I'm gonna go Brandon Ingram with the season he just had with um, New Orleans. He had All Star year. You know, he's. Uh, I believe he's eligible for a max contract. And uh, it's if uh, he wants to stay in New Orleans, if New Orleans consider him, you know, a future centerpiece uh, for the team uh, going forward. So, Brendan Ingram is another big name coming out. Fred Van Vliet has really, you know, showed that he's a very solid guard in this game, uh, in this league. He can be a solid role player for a lot of teams coming off the bench, six-man uh also you know Fred Van Vliet can be a starting guard for some of these teams in the NBA that that need a player of his caliber and his skill set uh DeMar DeRozan not sure if he's gonna go back to San Antonio I would like to see him go back to San Antonio if they can you know get some solid pieces around him uh I believe DeMar wants to be in a position to win uh, all those years in Toronto where that was a first second third seed and you know they were looking very good uh very good but they happen to run into a man who goes by the name of LeBron James uh, 95% of the time. So uh, DeMar is another big name uh, in this free agency. Goran Dragic is another big name. Pretty sure he, I, I can see Goran going back to Miami, uh, especially with the season that they just had. Go back and listen to my old podcast uh, before the season started. Uh, if you know me, these last two years, I've always felt that Miami has been a dark horse and a sleeper team coming out of the East. And this year, they proved me right. I feel like last year, uh, the year before last, uh, D-Ways last year, they had potential. They were just, you know, maybe a piece or two away. But this year, you know, they proved all of that. Now everybody's going to be jumping on the Miami bandwagon. Miami, 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 they're the best team out of the East. Meanwhile, I've been saying that Miami is very talented, very, very talented. And they had – and I, I – I, Personally, I always seen Miami as beating, uh, whether it was Boston or Milwaukee, but I seen Boston as the biggest threat to um, to Miami. I feel like they had the skill set and you know the great players to compete with them. I just didn't see it from Miami. I feel like Miami was just too much for um, Milwaukee, but. Goran Dragic is another great name. Paul Millsap uh, is another good name uh, coming out of the draft class this year. Excuse me, I keep saying draft class. I'm, I, I ain't going to lie. I'm excited for the draft. Uh, but free agency, Paul Millsap is a veteran that you would like on your team. Uh, he knows his role. He can he, he can stick to it. And um, having a vet on any team uh, in the league now is very, very key. You know, um, a lot of people were I know it's kind of off subject but it's on subject at the same time a lot of people saying well why couldn't LeBron take that young Lakers team to the finals like Jimmy Butler took this young Miami Heat team to the finals it's because I don't you know I I didn't see Miami as a young team I seen Miami as a team who had young players with the perfect mesh uh and mixture of veteran players over there and Jimmy Butler is a veteran player Goran Dragic is a veteran player Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, those are veteran players. Then you have your great, you know what I'm saying, your good young talent with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo to mix in with those guys. Kendrick Nunn, you know, Kelly Olenek is a, a vet in my opinion. You know, he, he's been in the league. He's uh, played in playoff games long enough to understand and, you know, coach and bring up these young guys. Perfect mix of veterans. When you look at that Lakers team, they, you know, Brown was one of the very few veterans on that team. I, I believe it was him and Rondo. 
Uh, and then you had a lot of young talent with Zoe, B.I., Kuzma, Josh Hart. You know, it was all, you know, a lot of young talent. So, um, with that being said, what what I'm getting at is Paul Millsap is a guy that you want on your team. Veteran of the, you know what I'm saying, veteran of the league, veteran of the sport. He can do well in uh, a lot of systems. I feel like Paul Millsap has been a, um, a very good player with the teams he's played for. Uh, Atlanta, Utah. Denver, you know, he's been a, a very solid guy. Uh, next is KCP. A lot of people, I believe, well, a lot of people may uh, be shocked by this, but KCP is a name that people, that teams will look at to, you know, take him away from the Lakers. Uh, you know, a guy who can shoot the three. He's a wing defender, you know. Role player that can play, you know what I'm saying? That can that can really stick to his role, know his role, and play it. He can be a, a, a bench guy for you. He can be an occasional starter for you. So I can see teams uh, attacking and going at KCP, uh, basically to draw him away from the Lakers and you know take away from the Lakers' uh, talent. Also on the list is Gordon Hayward. We also got Gordon Hayward out there. I believe uh, KCP and Anthony Davis and. Uh, Gordon Hayward, maybe DeMar too, or, you know, guys that's on player options. Uh, I can see Gordon going back to Boston. I think uh, I think he fits well with, with, with Boston and Boston being a successful team, a team that uh, was uh, very good this year, was very good last year. You know, they've been a good team. So I can see Gordon, you know, wanting to stay within that winning culture and, uh, you know, stick around in Boston. But Gordon Hayward is also out there. Jeremy Grant, another solid role player. Uh, for teams, uh, he's a he, he's a big guy uh, who can play pretty much two. You know what I'm saying? He, he can guard multiple positions. You know, he can he can defend multiple guys. And this is a league that's turning to more of a position. You know, what I'm saying? It, it's turning into more of positionless basketball. So a guy like Jeremy Grant is very very key and very uh, and, and he, you know what I'm saying he's a key piece to have on the team. Will he go back to Denver? I don't know. You know, Denver was also a very good team this year. He got to the conference finals. You know, he may like the uh, atmosphere there. And, you know what I'm saying, he he may like his role there. He can also, you know, go somewhere and, you know, potentially be, you know, in the same situation for a team. We never know. But Jeremy Grant is a guy that you know that you want to keep on your radar and, and possibly see, you know, if your favorite team may want to pick up a guy like Jeremy Grant. Like I said, man, uh, not the – not the best option as far as scoring, but he's a he's a scrappy hustle player, a guy that can guard multiple multiple positions. So you know he's a key guy to have on the championship roster, in my opinion. Danilo Gallinari is also uh, one of the big names out there uh, in free agency this year. A veteran of the sport, uh, a veteran of the game, a guy who can shoot the three ball for you. Uh, we know how important. The three ball is in the game today. Uh, Danilo, with the year that OKC had, you know, beating the odds, I can see him going back there. You know, I can see a lot of guys um, moving around. Uh, well, not not really moving around from teams. Uh, this is not a real big free agency year. I believe that would be next year. Next year will be the real big free agency year. Uh, but, you know, Montrez Harrell, with, you know, questions coming up about, you know, L.A. and things like that. You know, do they want, you know, does Montrez want to commit to the Clippers? Will he go back? You know, uh, I, f I feel like that's one of the ones that a lot of us um, need to pay attention and, and really, you know, 
keep an eye on Montrez Harrell. Where will he go? Will he move on from L.A. or will he stay? You know, does he believe that they have another uh, run in it? Will Paul George still be there? Will they trade PG? You know, who knows? Derek Favors, another veteran, a guy who, who can, you know, move from the four and the five. I liked him uh, with New Orleans this year. I feel like he was a, a good, solid veteran and a good piece for that team with them having Jaleel and, and – and Jackson Hayes and Zion, you know, I feel like Derek Favors is great for that team, and I would like to see him go back. There. I love, I love, I love, I really love New Orleans. Uh, I really hope they keep Zoe there as well. Uh, I believe Zoe will have a very good year coming up as long as he stays healthy. Uh, Rajon Rondo is another guy that I believe that uh, teams will look to take away from the Lakers. Why? Because he's a two-time NBA champion. He was a, you know, what I'm saying he's been. A, uh, a big, a big piece, and the two times that he won when he uh, was in Boston and this year in LA, he was a big piece. Uh, without Rondo, uh, I, I don't see either of those teams winning those titles. Uh, but I can see a lot of uh, teams going after a veteran like Rondo, who's who's so smart and and, and really knows the game. Uh, I can see a lot of teams going after um, Rondo as well. And uh, last on the list, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people may have forgot, but Boogie Cousins, Demarcus Cousins, is still a free agent. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I can see guys going after uh, Boogie as well. You know, Boogie thing is uh, he has to stay healthy. You know, he has to stay healthy. So uh, that's that, that's my only uh, issue with with, with Boogie. Uh, but as well, there's some other names out there, but I, I just don't, I didn't see them. Bigger than the names I listed right now, like uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Sacramento. You know what I'm saying? He's out there. Um, but those are free agent, uh, my free agent names, big names that I have right now. You know, I may do another list uh, coming next episode or once you know free agency uh, kicks in. But that is the end of my NBA segment. And last on the list will be my NFL picks of the week. Stay tuned. It is Football Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, and your host, Ken Callaway, has his NFL picks of the week. So let's get right into it, man. We got the Texans and the Titans this this Sunday kicking off at 12 o'clock. I know it is 12.15 right now while I'm recording, but while you're watching the games, listen to my NFL picks of the week. See if you agree, see if you disagree, see if I'm right, see if I'm wrong. But Texans, Titans, I'm taking the Titans, 38-21. I just feel like the Titans, especially uh, what they did against the Bills and their Bills defense, I feel like they're really catching stride. The Texans are shorthanded, man, and I just don't think they have enough talent to beat the uh, Titans this week. So take the Titans this week. Ravens versus the Eagles. My favorite team against my brother's favorite team. We finna run straight through them. Take the Ravens 41-17 over the Eagles. The Eagles, of course, have all those injuries. Even if they were a healthy team, I do not I didn't see them beating us uh this year either. So doesn't matter. Healthy team or not, take the Ravens today. Falcons versus the Vikings. The Falcons just can't seem to get anything right at all. You know, even with them firing their coach and you know things like that, I just don't think it's gonna be a very good season for them. Uh, Julio's been in and out of the lineup. Vikings, you know what I'm saying? 
they're in that range of still being a very, you know what I'm saying, a good team. I'm taking the Vikings today, 27-13. I just don't think that Matt Ryan and those guys can just catch a big stride right now. So I'm taking I'm taking the Vikings. Browns versus the Steelers. Steelers are one of the very few undefeated teams in the league. I, be, I believe they're the last. I believe it's them and the Packers. Yeah, it's the Steelers and the Packers. I believe that the Browns will have an upset today to get the Steelers their first loss. My mama probably won't like that, but hey, it is what it is. I need the Steelers to lose. They're in the same uh, division as my Ravens. I need them to lose. I'm taking the Browns 24-17 today. Bengals, Colts. I love Joe Burrow. That's my guy. Big smoking Joe Burrow. Just don't think that he has enough weapons to beat the Colts today. 17-10, Colts. Lions and the Jags, they, uh, they come off a bye week. They got Kenny Galladay back. Jags just don't have enough. You got to take the Lions in this one, 28-13. Bears versus the Panthers. No CMC, no win. I'm taking the Bears, 31-17. It's that simple. Washington and the Giants. I mean, the NFC East is a pretty much a joke uh, this season. But, hey, I just – no Saquon, no win. I'm taking the Washington football team, 20-13. to Broncos, Patriots. No Drew Locke. I'm taking the Pats, 23-10. Jets versus the Dolphins. I like Fitzmagic. Jets don't really have enough. No Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't like he was a big factor anyway. Uh, but they just don't have enough to beat the Dolphins. I, I do believe the Dolphins have enough to beat them. Fitzmagic, I feel like he's going to have a big day against that Jets defense. 27-13, Dolphins. Packers versus the Bucks. 12 versus 12. Brady versus Rodgers. Who am I taking in this matchup? Aaron Rodgers gets his revenge on the last time they played. I'm taking the Packs, 33-24. Go Pack, go. Rounds versus the 49ers. You get, um, you get Jimmy G back, you got Mostert back, you got George Killer back, but will they win? I don't think so. I think Jared Groff, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, I believe they get the win. I believe they lead the way. They get the dub today. 24-20, I believe that's going to be a very interesting and competitive game. Monday night games, Chiefs versus the Bills. I'm taking the Chiefs, 31-20. If you let the Titans rip apart your defense uh, the way they did last week, come on, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to do the same thing. I'm taking the Chiefs, man, 31-20. Collins versus the Cowboys. No Dak doesn't mean that they don't win. I like Andy Dalton getting his second win as the starting quarterback throughout the whole game. I believe they upset the Cardinals. They got a lot of emotions going into this game. I believe they go 23-20. I'm taking Dallas in this game. Those are my NFL picks of the week. I want to thank y'all for tuning in of another episode of Callaway Sports. I'm your host, Kenneth Callaway, once again. Spread the word. This is the best podcast out Continue to like, share, subscribe, whatever you got to do, man. Spread the news at Callaway Sports. It's the best podcast around. Thank you all for tuning in.